Welcome to Hope Church Online with Hope Church Birmingham. We're so honored that you would tune in with us for this week's audio sermon and audio message. We hope you find hope, which is what we exist for. We want people to find hope in Jesus and to bring that hope to a world in need. And so we hope you are encouraged and we hope that you are equipped to look for someone in your world today that can need a little bit of hope. So thanks for tuning in. If you haven't connected with us, feel free to connect with us on social media or in person. We'd love to surround you and get to know you better every single Sunday at 10 a.m. in Hoover. Well, let's dive into this week's message. Now, last week we kicked off this series with a scripture in 1 Timothy 1.5. So if you didn't hear us last week or you weren't with us, I'm going to read it for you. 1 Timothy 1 verse 5, the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Well, friends, it is the second Sunday of February, which means it's Super Bowl Sunday. It also means that Valentine's Day is literally this week. This is your PSA, public service announcement. Be aware, Valentine's is here. It's no longer coming. It is here. It will be here before you know it. Whether you want to embrace it or not, my friends, love and relationships in our life, much like Valentine's Day, are unavoidable. Last week, we kicked off the series Red Flags, and we focused on the importance of being aware of red flags that might be present in our relationships. We looked at the life of Samson and his relationships he had, how he had red flags, but also there were plenty of red flags in his relationships because we know that we have relationships, right? We have family relationships. We have workplace relationships, spousal relationships, friendships. And so today, I want us to build on this thought that there is a right way to love and a right way to carry ourselves in relationships. And there are plenty of wrong ways, which we talked about last week. But today we're going to be looking a little bit deeper into this. And why does this matter? Because loving others mattered to Jesus. Jesus said in John 13, 34 through 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. See, loving correctly mattered to Jesus. So it surely should be something that matters to us and to be modeled and addressed within our relationships. We can't be content with improper, rotten love. I once heard a story of a husband and wife who had an apple tree in their front yard. Well, The apple tree life had happened to it and it no longer was producing fruit and it was starting to die. Well, one day the wife said, honey, you've got to do something about these apples, about that apple tree. It's ugly. It doesn't produce any apples. It's just, it's an eyesore. Well, the husband decided his wife was right. He was going to do something. Well, his wife was going to be gone for a couple of days. So he had plenty of time to work on this tree right? So he went to the hardware store. You're thinking he got an ax or a saw to cut down this apple tree, right? No, the husband got a utility staple gun. Then he went to the grocery store and he bought a bushel of apples and he stapled them up and down this old dead apple tree. Well, the wife drove up after being gone. She walks through the door. She notices the tree. Honey, wow, what happened? The husband walked out there, stood on his porch proudly, Let's go look. Well, they walked out and their smiles quickly turned to frowns. 
<laughs> they walked out and they saw apples were already rotting. They're dangling from the stems. They're looking disgusting. Um, birds were picking at the ones on the ground. Multiple staples were still st hanging out of some of these apples. The tree was no good and neither was these fake fruits that were attached to it. I tell you this because relationships are not a staple gun band-aid issue. Relationships have core heart issues and they need to be addressed as such. Some of us may have relationships where red flags are present. And if we have red flags present in our relationships, we cannot simply put a band-aid of a new coat of makeup or a new outfit or a new label. We need to address our relationships at the core and address our relationship with the Father at the core. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to work at his fullest within our life. And we got to understand that if love is important to Jesus, we too must embrace that it's important to us. Because the world, friends, the world has an idea of love. We talked about different versions of love last Sunday. And if you didn't catch that, listen to last week's message. We talk about the four different types of love. But what we find is that the world has a perverted love. And what I mean by that, it's, it's a, a tainted love, a love that is skewed and doesn't have a proper perspective. And because of the world not having this proper perspective love, it is limiting. And anyone who thinks they're experiencing love without experiencing love through the, the son of Jesus Christ, being Jesus Christ, it will be a, a very altered, skewed, limited version. And there will be a love lived that is, a love incorrect, a true red flag. Second Timothy, we read at first Timothy, what he said, Hey, the aim of our, our charge here, the whole goal of our ministry is to show love. And so if that's the case, if we got to make sure there's no red flags stopping our charge of love that Timothy has put us on. So in second Timothy, we see God uh, is speaking through Paul as he's writing to Timothy and he says this, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. Paul's writing with Timothy with a perspective of a leader and a mentor with great perspective. He understood that unhealthy relationships could bring down what had the best intentions and best purpose, right? We looked at Samson last week. He had good intentions, I think. God had a plan and a purpose for him, but he found fall because he did not love properly. He did had red flags. So let's consider and let's look a little deeper at this passage. When Paul writes, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. Now, this is something we notice, and I do believe that we need to hear we are in the last days, which requires action, not fear, but faith and action amidst our life and our relationships. Notice this. When Paul says, but in the last days, there become difficulties. What follows is not reference of war, famine or earthquakes, which is what you mostly hear about when people talk about the end times. He talks about difficulty in the last days, but it's difficulty that's happening because of the evil ways of a sinful people. 
This is something we should be aware of in the church. We often have people in church going, Pastor, I watched this video on the internet and on the TikTok about some guy who said that on this date, in this leader, we're going to be in the end. I saw on this date, March the 4th, which that's three plus four, that's seven, that's God's number. On 24, which two plus four, that's six. That's the day we know that was not the day he rested. And we try, we watched these guys so many times focused on trying to find when the end times, when, when it's finally going to come to an end. But I want you to be encouraged. When we're reminded we're in the end times, it's not to make you afraid. It's not to make you try to discover when Jesus is coming back. What it's trying to make you discover is to live with an urgency that we do not know what tomorrow holds. So if I have an understanding that I'm in the end times, but my goodness, I better make sure that I have no red flags present in my life and I am loving Jesus wholeheartedly. I'm loving others wholeheartedly because their life depends on it. And just another PSA, is PSA 2 here of the day, that in the book of Revelations, if you read Revelations and don't find love of Jesus present and a love that calls for us to love with urgency, you're reading Revelations wrong. That's just a heads up if it's talking about end time talk. And then he continues in verse 2. He goes, hey, it's going to be difficult. There's going to be difficult days. Why? Here's why. For people will be lovers of self. Now, I'm going to pause because the very first thing in this corrupted love is that people are lovers of self. Why? Because all the rest of of this love corruption springs from selfish love. At the core of a sinful life is the dethroning of God as king and the enthroning of our own personal ambitions and own selfish desires as king. And this is something that we must be aware because you go, I'm not a bad person. Maybe you're not, but I can tell you you're not as good as God. And so when we put ourselves as king, that is a perverted love. It is a lover of self. And it is literally described as Paul as evil. Literally the obsession with loving self more than God is the very thing that would lead to cause Lucifer to be cast down from the angels from, from heaven. Literally, he was a lover of self. But then Paul continues and says, lovers of money. Now, the love of money is nothing new, right? But today people have the ability to pursue love and money of money, love of money like never before. Everybody's got all these side gigs. We got people who are obsessed with money and money's not a bad thing. But if we, it becomes all we focused on, it can be. Uh, there was a there was a lady by the name of Brenda Blackman many years back who enjoyed some success some success because she taught a course called How to Marry Money, <laughs> and the the course attempted to show men and women how to marry rich people, and it costed thirty nine dollars a person. And in this course, right, listen, Blackman offered helpful hints such as how to search through your prospective mate's checkbooks to study their deposits and then assess their income levels, maybe even look through their emails and their bank accounts. She built her students' confidence by by leading them in a chant several times going through the lecture. I want to be rich. Say it after me. I want to be rich. I deserve to be rich. I am rich. I was born to be rich. That's literally what she would get them to chant. And in one class, Blackman was asked by a woman if it was all right to settle for a man whose income was not over $100,000 a year. Blackman looked at her quickly and said, no way. She replied, what if the, per- the student said, what if he's the perfect man in every other way? And the instructor continued to lean and goes, if this is all that this man's going to max out at, forget it. 
Well, when someone asked her about the place of love in such relationships, Blackman said that finding the person with that much money is the hard part. Learning to love that person is easy by comparison. How could you not love someone who is doing all of these wonderful things for you is what she said. FYI, Blackman was single as she taught all of these courses. <laughs> Why do I tell you that? Because some people are so obsessed with money that they become lovers of money and they overlook the very people that they could be having a healthy, uh, loving relationship with in their life. Then he continues, Paul continues, the proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Each one of these friend, things, friends, is a red flag in the life of a Christ follower because each says, you don't matter, just I matters. That's like the old Toby Keith. I know Toby Keith song passed, passed away, but they've been playing music of his all along. There's that one song. I want to talk about me. want to talk about I. want to talk about number one. Oh, my, me, my. What I think, what I want, what I like, what I think, what I want, what I see. I know we talk about you, you, you usually, but today I want to talk about me. That's what he's singing this song. And that's kind of what a, a red flag love, a perverted love, a lover of self-love kind of embraces, which is, Everything else about my life matters more than anyone else. And yes, we do matter. But the message is the same. You make your own rules. You answer to no one. You are the one that matters. Your universe revolves around you. Sounds like the culture we live in right now. And what happens is, is we place ourselves as God of our own life. And guess what? We are not perfect people. And so what happens is people go, well, I disagree with that. And I'm okay to disagree with it because I feel this way. And my feelings are something that I am honoring. Well, it's okay to have emotions, but understand, I'm not slave to my emotions. I am not in servant to my feelings. I am in, in relationship as a servant to God the Father and through relationship with the Son. And I'm with the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm able to live differently than my desires and my, and my emotions. I'm able to willingly love God more than I love myself and anything else. And in verse five, Paul writes, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid such people. Straight up, avoid these people. Some translations say, turn away from these people. If these flags are red, are pre these red flags are present, we can still show the love of Christ to people, but we must not let these red flags become influential over ourselves. Now, when you look at this text in the Greek, four of the 19 expressions that Paul's writing to Timothy about are compounded with the word love. You may be thinking, Pastor, am I loving right? I'm loving, right? If love, there's love. But Paul's going to know if you're loving self and of a lovers of self, you're loving wrong. The reality of these things is that there is love, but it's a misguided love. And let me tell you, listen, if you're writing notes, listen, misguided love is a dangerous love that can bring unhealth to the healthiest of situations. Now, when I was in high school, I played football, I played soccer growing up, I played all kinds of sports. But in high school, um, I was playing football and they were trying to get the football players to do track and field. And so I could run, but I didn't, I wasn't as fast as the other track runner. So 
I went to the track and f- the field portion of track and field, right? And we had a shot put and discus throwing team. And I said, you know what? I'll try that. And I started throwing the shot put and I was decent at it. I never won anything, but I could compete at the different meets throwing the shot put ball. But they wanted us to have a second category. So they said, okay, this is close to do the discus throw. Now, if you don't know what the discus throw is, it's this little disc, it's kind of heavy, um, but you have to take it and you have your arm linked and you kind of swing around on this little circle and you throw it as far as you can. Well, discus was a disc no for me. I could throw the discus pretty far, but I can tell you something. It was never straight. It was never on the path. And one time I was at practice throwing it and it went wide left and everybody was standing up there in line and everybody said, look out, because the discus was coming. It was dangerous. I had the right intentions, but it was a misguided disc. And I could tell you, a misguided love, a selfish love, a love of money, a love of, of all these different things that Paul talked about is a misguided love. And it can be a form of love, but it is a corrupted love. And it is dangerous for yourself and everywhere and everyone where it is present or welcomed. So I got to say this, if you are a red flag where misguided love is present, look out. When I read 2 Timothy 3, I feel like it demands a response of, will I have a selfish love or will I have a self less love. Now let's talk about that. A self a selfish love, I got to be clear when I'm saying this, is what can I get out of this? But a selfless love says what can I give to this? Say that again. A selfish love says what can I get out of it? A selfless love says what can I give to it? A selfish love says this is what's best for me. A selfless love says what's best for this situation and the others. A selfish love is often coming from a place of fear. A selfless love is often coming from a place of faith. See, I understand that people have been in unhealthy relationships. And let me be clear. You may have had circumstances that feel like they have scarred you to a place where fear is present in your relationships. And I'm being very real here. I cannot change what has it, what you've experienced in your life or what happened to you. I cannot take away the hurt. But I can tell you that Jesus loves you more than any person and anything that you could ever imagine. And he sees you and you're not alone. He understands you far more than you can ever expect or imagine. And I believe, hear me, he wants to redeem your relationship with you and him, but also he wants to redeem you with his love. Why do I know that? Because John 13, 34 and 35, we read earlier, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I loved you, you are to also love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. See, the new commandment wasn't to love others. That was a command that the Jewish students would have known. The new command was to love as Jesus loved. How did Jesus love? Well, let's just look at the setting of John 13. This is at the Last Supper. He had washed his disciples' feet. He had communed with them with purpose. He had shown compassion even in the presence of his betrayer Judas and the denier Peter who would deny him three times right after this meal. And then shortly, Jesus will be given up on the path to hanging on the cross. But he loved with servanthood, care, compassion. Simply, he loved a selfless love. So if Jesus loved this way, 
How can we do this? Will we model what Jesus modeled? How do we do this? I'm going to give you some action steps today. The first one is love with intention. Jesus showed purpose throughout his ministry. Everything he did was with the end in mind, that people would find life and love and life abundantly. We can love others with intention that we hold healthy relationships that ultimately point each of us closer to Jesus. I always hold this in my mind. I've done pre-marriage counseling and marriage counseling with couples before. If you have an idea of a triangle and the peak, it's a triangle upward. So the peak is at the top. If God is at the top, okay. And we put person one on the left of the corner, person two on the corner on the right. As each person grows closer to God and they move up the line going closer to the peak at the top of the triangle, they will naturally get closer to each other. Spouses, as we grow closer to God, we will grow closer to each other. In our relationships, if we have healthy Christian relationships in our life, if we grow closer to God and the other person in as well, I believe we will be closer in deeper relationships. But it starts with intention. I can never end up at the right location if I never set the destination. Secondly, love with hope. Now, one of the hardest things in relationships is to put ourselves out there. I get it. Not just remote it romantically, but, but in the love of Christ. The world operates in a selfish, fearful love. It's hard sometimes to take a step and go, I'm going to show a Jesus kind of love to everybody around me. And we can hope for the best of people. Someone said, I hope for the best, expect the worst. Friends, that's a flawed hope. We've got to hope that when we are showing the love of Jesus, that it has power and God has power and can show love in our relationships. I can love with hope. And thirdly, we can love with experience. What does that mean? That I can't show healthy relationships until I've been in 50 years worth of healthy relationships? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, if we want to love like Jesus, we must first welcome and experience the Jesus's love in our own life. We must remember what Revelation says when he says, I stand at the hold at the door and knock. We've got to open the door of Jesus into our life, friend. We've got to experience the love of Jesus in a healthy, practical manner in our life so that we can experience it, so that I can show it. Not what can I get out of Jesus, but how can I know Jesus better? Sometimes we go, well, Jesus, I want Jesus to heal this and heal that and heal this. And I do too, my friends. But do I desire the the person of Jesus more than the things of Jesus? Do we get the things of Jesus? Yes, but I tell you, friends, knowing Jesus is even farther than, than the benefits of, 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 of the things that he can do in your life. They go hand in hand, but we got to pursue the person. Because if I know him better and love him wholeheartedly, red flags will eventually fade in my life. I believe that. So friends, let's be intentional. Let's be hoping and let's experience the love of Jesus so that we can walk in a selfless love instead of embracing what the world pushes upon us as a selfish love. Let us continue to grab a hold of the mentality that the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Because friends, I believe when we embrace that and when we live that and apply that in our relationships, our relationships will get healthier. Let's not walk in misguided love that's dangerous. 
Maybe you're here today and you've got some misguided love present in your life, some selfish love present where there's red flags. Let me encourage you, repent of those things, lay them at the feet of Jesus and allow him to pick you up and carry and go, child, I love you so much. I forgive you. I see you. I love you. Let's live life healthily together and let's put the best foot forward. You go, Pastor Adam, I've tried this before. Just take each day at a time, one step at a time and see what God does in your life. Because friends, I believe the best is yet to come for you and your relationships. Can I pray for you? God, I thank you for your word today. I hope the people who are listening right now will know that they're not alone, that whatever they've been facing, whatever their relationships are, maybe they have red flags present in themselves or in the relationships they're in. God, I pray that you'll wrap your arms around them. Let them see that they can find healing. Let them see that they can find hope. And God, I pray that they will, you will redeem your relationship, their relationship with you today. God, right where they're at, wrap your arms around them. God, let them let them let the weight of hurt and anger go to the side. Maybe they've been hurt in relationships. God, I pray that they will forgive those who have hurt them and just walk in the love of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that that we will not walk in misguided, selfish love, but we will walk in an intentional, selfless love and that we will look to hope and that others will find this love as well and that we will look constantly in a life experiencing your love on a daily basis. God, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, friends, I hope you're encouraged with this message. And if you haven't connected with us, feel free to connect with us online. Or you say, hey, I want to get to know Hope Church better. Oh, man, come join us at 10 a.m. every single Sunday. We'd love to see you. And also, I want to encourage you. If you want to give online, feel free to give online at hopechurchbhm.com slash give. And if this encouraged you, feel free to share this podcast wherever you listen, wherever you share things, share it. You never know who needs a little hope for their relationships. We look forward to seeing you real soon.